to the Living and Lighten podcast. I'm Michelle from Michelle Our Price of Lightworker. And I'm Becca from Insightful Connections. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle, and to our listeners, lots of love and light to everyone. Love and light, Rebecca. That's the uh, that's the key. Um, it trumps everything. And we'll be it talking does. about it in a few episodes' time because we've uh, been <laughs> sort of working on some brainstorming before this episode. Uh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, Beck and I are going to give you a little bit of um, advice uh, around a pretty interesting subject today. This is um, going to be more of a discussion, I think, um, but I will have a little bit of advice right at the end there. So today our mission is to get you to learn something, maybe give you some guidance and some tips and tricks um, and a card draw, So, which I've already done well and we it's talking, so good we were talking michelle because we've been talking for a little while already yep <laughs> we should we should just get on and just record yep get go like yeah start talking i know today. we said the most amazing interesting things and then we uh get in here and kind of yeah. repeat a lot of it <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> so the theme for today beck will do a card draw in a second but the theme for today is cold cases and we haven't actually done this i did do this podcast with somebody else before beck and we didn't do this together beck and i haven't done this so this is a brand new theme. Sometimes the themes are a little, you know, not not the same, but like sometimes we sort of overlap a little bit, but this is brand new. And the reason I'm doing it is because of basically I've got a lot of people coming to me and presenting, you know, cases that kind of aren't resolved in different sort of scenarios. So I'm going to go through a few of those uh, today. But Beck, before we get into it, um, we should probably catch up and um, we haven't really been talking about, I guess, what we've been doing so much in a weekly sort of, you know, sense. Mm. So what have you been up to? What's been going on? Have you got a big takeaway or anything like that? I have actually went to my cousin's wedding. Oh, yes. You did have a wedding. Amazing. I did have a wedding, which was, it was really good. It was a lovely wedding. A little bit cold because, you know, we're, I'm in that part of the world. Yeah. So I was in Canberra sort of area. I'm in Canberra, yes, yep. I'm in Canberra. But the the wedding was actually just a little bit more out in the country, which was um which was lovely. It mm. was it was absolutely lovely. So very cold because it yep. was an outdoor ceremony, but it was beautiful and it was quick. So it was yep. good. They didn't keep us out there for too long. Yeah, because <laughs> you want to look nice for a wedding. You're not walking around in your puffer jacket and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. Then yeah. you've got photos, that, you know, yeah. the big group photo and everything like that. So um, it was it was really good. Um, it was lots of fun, though. It was a really fun wedding. So they had, like, a, a photo booth there. So they had this uh, wall behind that you just sort of stood in front of and they had a table full of dress-up items. So there was, like, a feather boa. There were all these different hats. I love it when they do that. There are all sorts of things. So that was that was a lot of fun. So we've got all these little print-offs of, um, you know, the, the photo booth mm. pictures. And the bride and groom gets all those too, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, so, so they print off. You print off a copy for yourself and you print off a copy and stick it in the book for them. And um, and then they've got this book of everyone doing this, um, through, which is I think is a brilliant, brilliant idea. Really good. So that was lots of fun. What about you, Michelle? What's been going on? Um, well, I've just been organising a lot of stuff around um, or a business, our little group that we're doing, and it's actually quite enjoyable. Um, they set up a website um, or a connected, the original group, and through Square. And so I'm using Square now for my business, which was um, thanks to Facebook. Thanks, Facebook. Uh, we're not taking out bookings anymore. So um, I'm, I haven't done a lot with my own website, but this has kind of given me a bit of an idea of what you can do because um, my website's through them as well. And so I'm sort of rearranging the original kind of website and uh, freshening it up and putting everyone's bios and pics and everything like that on it. 
So I'm actually really, um, really enjoying that process. And it's taken me back to, I guess, more of my techie sort of journalism background. So it's really nice to sort of revisit that sometimes. And I've also just been having some really funny, crazy dreams. And a lot of people coming to me for readings are sort of saying this at the moment. A lot of their phobias and fears and things like that are coming up. And I think it may be Mercury retrograde um, related. Um, But even technology has been insane. I had a poor lady try to come over yesterday to see me. And she said, Michelle, I was beginning to worry. I wasn't meant to even like come to see you. And this, um, you know, she put my address in uh, to her GPS and it was basically taking her to Woolworths in an entirely different location on the Sunshine Coast. And so she had to like try 15 different, you know, ways to kind of get to my house because it just wasn't working. And when she got here, I said, look, it's Mercury retrograde. Technology is pretty hopeless at the moment. So don't worry about that. We had a great reading, great time. It wasn't a problem. But she was starting to wonder if the universe was kind of telling her, like, don't even come, like, don't go to Michelle's house at all. So there's been a lot of that weird, you know, energy going on and people kind of having their strange dreams. The most recent one for me is quite funny, but I um, forgot to brush my teeth um, a couple of nights ago. And so I went to sleep and I dreamt I was in this house and there was like heaps and heaps of people. And I was, all I was thinking was I need to brush my teeth. Where's my toothbrush? So I'm running around this house and there's all these random people everywhere. And I'm like, where's my toothbrush? And then I found my toothbrush, which is an electric toothbrush, but the bristles were missing. So it's like an electric toothbrush with no bristles. And I'm looking at it going, uh, where are the bristles? And I was like, I really need to brush my teeth. And then this guy pops out of nowhere and goes, do you need toothpaste? And I was like, yeah. And so he like squirts out this, like, it was like a weird color. It was like red and pink and like weird looking. And he squirts out this stuff onto this like brush with no bristles. And then I'm madly trying to brush my teeth with like no bristles. And then I'm looking and there's all these toothbrushes for sale in front of me for like a dollar 40 something or other. And, um, and then I'm thinking, I don't have my card. I can't even buy these toothbrushes, but they have bristles on them for God's sakes. And I woke up and I was like still looking for my toothbrush and wanting to brush my teeth. So it was really strange. Like it's so strange how these things kind of creep into your dreams. But what I've been saying to a lot of my clients is like, it's just a subconscious, like whatever's going on in your subconscious. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I think a lot of the fears and things like that are coming up is sort of what's creeping into the dreams at the moment. But um, that was, yeah, quite in depth. It was very similar to my Sunday school dream where I lost all my kids and lost my notes crawling up a muddy hill. And <laughs> my Sunday school teacher was like, Michelle, just speak from the heart. And I was like, righto, righto. Um, so yeah, weird dreams, Beck, because it seems to be the thing at the moment. Anyway, that's been my week. <laughs> well, it's interesting too because it is because um, we've got the new mer- new moon in Libra uh-huh. at the moment, yeah, which is all about balance. And we've also got the equinox today. <clears throat> mm. It's the equinox, so yeah, because I'm doing a spring know, equinox uh, ceremony tomorrow, and that's the balance as well. So that mm. is the equal day, light equal night time. Yeah, um, you know light and what have you um but the new moon in libra it sort of brings in the energy but encourages us to find that balance so subconsciously all these dreams could be us just trying to find that balance and Mm. and letting go of things that don't serve us yeah yeah i definitely find a lot of the fears and funny things are coming up um a couple of my clients i was telling them about my toothbrush dream and they're going oh my god like i keep dreaming that i'm losing my teeth and i'm carrying them around in a little bag with me <laughs> like literally all my teeth are falling out and i'm carrying them around in a little bag and i was like i said to one lady i go that's actually money that means money's coming in she goes oh my god i just got an estate i got an inheritance straight after that 
wow. this inheritance came through. Yeah. Because I love it when my teeth fall out. I'm like, it's not fun at the time, like in your dreams where they're a bit wobbly or they're like crumbling. And um, yeah, and that's always money. And, and often I'll get a pay rise or I'll get, you know, more money that week or something unexpected. But yeah, this lady got an inheritance. So she goes, oh, that makes perfect sense. Amazing. Um, but I need to Google what a toothbrush means in a dream. Uh, but that's pretty literal. That was pretty literal because it, it was actually that I hadn't brushed my teeth. So I think yeah. that was more of a realistic sort of thing here. Well, Beck, let's get into the show before we uh, carry on like pork chops for too long because um, we both need to be out of here in about half an hour. So Today we're talking about cold cases and um, I actually studied forensic mediumship under Lise Williams, who's actually touring at the moment. She's actually touring Oz. So I've been seeing her pop up in, I think, Adelaide. I think I saw her in Brizzy, Melbourne. So she's actually travelling Australia at the moment, which is amazing. And I didn't realise that, so I haven't actually booked any, you know, to see her. But, um, yeah, she's brilliant. So she's a forensic medium, uh, worked for Scotland Yard. uh, She's based in America at the moment, so she works for um, different cops over there. So um, I love forensic mediumship, really passionate about it. And I do find that a lot of my clientele sort of reflect that because um, people often come to me with um, different sort of unresolved situations. And most recently, Beck and I talked about in a previous episode was probably Leonard Dawson. Um, and we're sort of talking here in this episode about mostly the ones where the bodies haven't been recovered. And it was really amazing, Chris Dawson being found guilty, because often when there isn't a body, it's difficult to get a conviction. So it's pretty uncommon, I would say. Um, for that to actually happen. So that's pretty amazing that that did happen. Um, But that's what we're sort of doing today. And this is really based on a lot of um, people sort of approaching me about cases that um, I never know what they are, you know, because people come in and don't tell me anything. Uh, But as I'm going through, we're sort of uncovering some uh, pretty interesting details. It is um, with the cold cases and it's not necessarily um, ones that, you know, bodies haven't been found either. It's just not being able to solve, <clears throat> excuse me, not being able to solve the crime. Yeah. That the, the occurrence and what have you. But as, but like you said, um, with Lynette Dawson, getting a conviction without a body is, you know, it's really compelling. Yeah, it's very really unusual. Mm-hmm. And just to further what Beck said there, it is, um, you know, forensic mediumship takes into account kidnappings, murders, um, abductions, which is sort of kidnappings, um, similar. Uh, missing people as well. So sometimes with the missing people, that's where um, a psychic meeting can be handy because they can either say, well, they're definitely alive or they're definitely not alive, you know, so that you can at least find out is the person still running about the place? Because that was a big thing with Lynette Dawson was um, they basically, her husband was saying, well, no, there's been sightings. Um, No one actually heard from her apart from him, which is really interesting, but he's saying (laughs) there's been sightings and basically they're saying his legal team was saying, well, She's probably still out there, grandkids, children, the whole thing. She had no way of supporting herself financially without him. So it's just not even realistic, you know, to say all of that. Um, But that was their argument was that she's still well walking around happy days, Uh, but she's definitely not. So um, that's why psychic medium, I think, can be quite handy sometimes. Did you have anything else you wanted to say here? Yeah, because I just wanted to say there um, for psychic mediums, especially in forensic cases, Mm. um, we can get the information like we get different feelings, different energies for different different scenarios, different outcomes. So if it is someone or something, even like with animals, Michelle, we've mm. done a few on the on our mentorship but, um, ship group, um, and you know, and, and straight away, a lot of the time, I'm, I'm actually seeing through these eyes, or I'm seeing through this, and I'm, yeah. I'm moving and I'm doing this, or the energy is that it comes through differently. That yes. 
you know, the animal or the person um, have passed on and, mm. and it's different, yeah. different sort of. Um, yeah, they're either in the room or they're not. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Yeah, recently um, I've been hearing from a few people in New Zealand and they're actually mostly related, uh, one family in particular, and I, again, went into a reading, a lady said she wanted to hear from a cousin and all of a sudden I was in the middle of something crazy where I felt like this guy had been basically mowed down by a car and then rolled over, like run over again. So once he was on the ground, then he was run over again and, you know, saw a fight, saw all these different details. And she, I was pretty surprised. I'm sort of passing on this info and she didn't look surprised at all. But apparently I um, confirmed some stuff that they had suspected, but the police hadn't reported on. And wasn't in the official report. Hmm. So since then, I've heard from a lot of this gentleman's um, siblings, so um, and his mother as well, and uh, they all want to sort of have a chat to me. So I may be uh, flying over to New Zealand. My husband's from New Zealand, but I may be flying over to New Zealand because I've always been really passionate about that Sensing Murder show, which was filmed in New Zealand, hmm. and that's Calvin Crookshank and um, Deb Weber, who actually is based on the Sunshine Coast and um, where I live and a few other sort of really amazing psychic mediums, basically trying to solve cold cases. So Sensing Murder is like one of the best, um, I think, shows I've ever put together that does that kind of thing. And I've always been really inspired by that. And I'd love to be that kind of, you know, medium, I guess. So, um, yeah, that was really, uh, really amazing. Just some of the info that was coming out of that. And it was good for the family because, I mean, they were sort of going, well, you know, we thought that this was the case, but the police were telling us no. And basically, I mean, no one's been charged of this guy's murder. I saw the faces of them and I'm going, they look like A, B and C, um, you know, they're, and the area, I described the whole area. It's like there's trees, um, street, and there's basically nothing else. It's really remote, really rural. I mean, for all I know, I didn't know anything about it. So I was like, it could have been anywhere in New Zealand. And the girl I was reading for wasn't even in New Zealand. She wasn't in New Zealand. She's she's in Australia. She's from New Zealand, but I didn't know any of this. So I was going, it looks like New Zealand to me. And she's going, yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm describing this place. And she's like, yep, it's basically like completely remote. There's barely any houses out there. Um, and he was under the influence of, you know, liquor and a few things. So, you know, it was um, just horrific, you know, seeing that and, and sort of experiencing that. But, um, you know, hopefully we can kind of get some answers and maybe get someone charged. I mean, that's ultimately uh, our role as a forensic medium is to hopefully get a, um, you know, conviction and, you know, get someone sort of charged. And I know in the Lynette Dawson case, because um, I know the daughter, one of the daughters, um, she's very much into mediumship and psychic stuff. And so she had actually um, enlist enlisted the help of uh, Debbie Malone, another forensic uh, detective. So, um yeah, and she came up with some really interesting um, bits and pieces about Lennox passing and definitely not alive anymore. So that was um, maybe a little bit of closure for her too, for the uh, daughter. Yeah, and it's it's important to um, f for those listening just to, to understand that, you know, um, sometimes the information we get through can connect the dots in the information that they have there that they have sort of put out to everyone else which which is how we get the conviction which is how it sort of moves forward yeah and um absolutely michelle i am totally with you there and you know this because i'm just so fascinated in the forensic mediumship myself it's just mm. it's um it's kind of like it's not for everyone though it's yeah. not for everyone yeah like especially the kids to... stuff a lot of mums mm. can't do the stuff around kids children and yeah and that's that's the thing William um, when, I, when I was in high school I actually wanted to be like a forensic photographer 
Ooh. So I was drawn to to that, but it was the um, you know, at the end of the day, it was, you know, the children. I couldn't cope. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, with with that and and what have you, like, because I mean, in high school, I'm what 15, 16 years old, so mm. it wasn't something I was emotionally prepared for. And I remember sitting in the the theater there. Um, the lecture theatre and them showing us pictures of car accidents and things like that at that age. Um, so, yeah, flashback mm. to the 80s, 90s and the, the trauma that we went through. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, and being an empath, but, I mean, you're absorbing all of that too, Beth. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then it was some years later, and this was after um, my girls were born, um, there was a car accident. We heard this accident from my house and my sister and I went running up and, and helped out and what have you. Um, made sure everyone was okay. We were first on the scene um, of those who weren't involved in the accident. But then when accident investigation, the detectives and the police came along because um, it was a pretty bad accident. It was like a head-on collision and there was a few cars involved and they sort of interviewed me uh, over the phone a couple of days later and I was just like, so this and this and this and this person's name was this and they were sitting here and we checked this and we did this and did this and then I did this and this and this and, and just went through all of the events and he actually offered me a job to train me as a, um accident investigator. Holy white man. But I couldn't do it because the hours. Um, yeah, and you had your girls at that to, point. That's right, and they were still like, you know, babies that only just or something like that so a really good um, attention to detail yeah so so that sort of thing but that um you know I've always been drawn to that that area Mm. which Mm. is um very cool it's a justice seeker I think mostly yeah we're trying to get that makes a lot of sense (laughs) that makes a lot of sense (laughs) yeah we're trying to get resolution and you know and as I said before I mean there's a lot of unsolved cases out there there's so many and you think about all the family members who are still alive that are sort of dealing with that, not having that closure. And mm. at least for, you know, Lynette's family, and Dawson's her married name, not her maiden name, but at least for Lynette's family, the Sims um, is her maiden name, uh, they've got a, maybe a little bit of closure from this. You know, they don't have the body, but at least they've got someone behind bars, um, you know, even though he's in his 70s and um, is pretty sick. It's at least something. And um, the other case, you know, that I worked on for a long time and I'm still working on um, with the lady who knows this um, family of the victim was um, Hayley Marie Dodd, the um, one I've had you guys look at in Western Australia. And um, we are sort of making maybe some inroads in that one as well. So that's been a really interesting case. But obviously WA is a really long way from Queensland. So I've never actually been there, like never been to that location. Um but I've also been sort of, I engage a lot of my mentorship clients, I guess, with, um, you know, unsolved cases just to see if they can pick up anything different to what I do. So I think it's quite handy to work on. And, you know, with the non-closure part of that, I think that one of the important things is, and I actually read for um, the fiance of the fisherman who went missing off um, Townsville and it was a very, very sad situation. He hasn't been found. His friend was found, but he wasn't found. And, she had been wanting to do a memorial service, but there were some, you know, maybe friends, family who weren't really keen on that idea and felt like it was basically saying that he was dead. And he'd been at, at that point, he'd been missing for 16 weeks and they were still clinging to hope that he might just appear on a desert island somewhere, you know, or just rock up back on the shore. And, you know, the fiancé was like, I kind of need closure. You know, I need to do something to honour him and his memory and his name. And 
you know, all of that. And um, because they're a a little kid together too now. And so, um, you know, it was just, it's difficult because I find that a lot of these things do divide families. You know, people handle grief in different ways and some people don't want to give up uh, and admit, you know, that probably he's not coming back. But after 16 weeks, um, I would say the chances are pretty slim that he's going to show up somewhere, you know. So um, I think while memorials are important, you know, and that can include obviously, you know, planting trees. I mean, I um, had a lady here yesterday, which isn't a cold case, but I had a lady here yesterday and she brought the the ashes of one of her loved ones with her and it was sitting in the car, wasn't in the room, but it was in the car. And um, she had um, all of her Nana's stuff in the car too. And so as soon as she walked in, I just went, uh, there's a male with you straight away, write down male. I didn't know who it was. And then I was like, oh, female just popped in as well. And she's got all of their possessions in her vehicle, <laughs> including the ashes. She brought the ashes. She and the ashes. Yeah. Oh and I was gosh. like, wow. And I said, well, it's not necessary. But great. Um, yeah. I was like, you know, it's um, it's good of you to do that because it does bring their energy through. So, what I'm kind of getting at is, you know, if you put a, um, you know, scatter some ashes maybe in the in the yard where you're living, or you know, somewhere where you can go and visit, uh, plant a beautiful tree. I mean, there's so many things that you can do. Obviously, you know, we love to, you know, connect with our loved one. You know, be able to give them a proper burial, ideally. But you know, sometimes uh, that isn't going to happen. So, you know, you do the best you can with what you have and, um, you know, maybe it is just planting the tree, you know, you don't have the remains, but just plant the tree or, you know, uh, something along those lines and, um, you know, get closure because I think that's the, that's kind of the aim here is to get some sort of closure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had been given, um, so here in Canberra, there was a cold case back from 1999. I don't want to go too much into it because it still is um, in open investigation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I had, um, I I had not any knowledge of this until um, I visited one of my sisters one day and she's like, oh, I want to show you something. Like, okay. So sitting there and she's, she's pulled up this, this picture and only showed me the picture um, of this, of this woman. <clears throat> now I wasn't prepared. I wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll just have a little drink of water. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Um, so there goes my throat again, because these are the feelings I was getting when I first, um, when I first looked at the picture, and this is just thinking about it. Um, but yeah, so she she handed me this picture and I certainly wasn't prepared for it because I had no idea. And I said to her, like, I've looked at the picture and I've, I've started getting all these feelings come through and um, all this all this sort of download of, of different things. And, and I said to her, I said, you have to warn me before you do this because I need to protect my energy. I need to, you know, be, be zoned in and what have you to, to do it. But I was looking at this picture and I came through with all sorts of different things. So I'm like, I was feeling this. I don't. I mean, I'm like I said, I can't give too much away um, on here. But you know, there was there was a lot of pain that I was feeling. There was a lot of to do around my throat. There was a lot of fear. There was all these different things. Uh, um, there was an image of somebody seeing through their window. Um, and there was a tree just to the left-hand side of that window. So it's um, all these different things. And there was like a white car. It was a very light colored car. So to me, it was a white older model sort of car. Um, 
and all these different things. And, and when I said what I was experiencing and what I was feeling, um, my sister then said, yeah, this is in relation to this person and this is what happened, this is what occurred. And then I went and looked the case up um, and just everything that I was getting was was incredibly accurate. Like wow. I, was, I, I sat there and I was just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, it's confronting um, when you see it that way too, because you don't you don't even know what you're doing. Like you're just talking. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. So it's um it is um quite an interesting experience to have. Um, and then there were just a few little things that I sort of pointed out that I felt were relevant. And one of those things was that yes, they will get some answers, um, but it may be it maybe too late or it won't be the outcome that they anticipated right um, and I certainly did feel that it was somebody who was known to them uh-huh this lady um and it was almost it was very interesting Michelle because looking at the photo um I could actually see I felt like I was in like Harry Potter movie you know the mm. photo how they move yes uh, so this happened, I'm looking at this picture, I'm looking at this picture and I saw her slight smile change to a different, like her facial expression, expression. change. Wow. So that was obviously, it wasn't obviously the photo moving, that was the, the third eye and, and yes, you know, adjusting th that, that. Adjusting that, um, but very, very interesting because then that sort of confirmed that I thought, yes, they did know. Um, and it turned out that, you know, this was a, a home invasion, but it had turned out that it wasn't the first home invasion they had. So, wow, very interesting. There was a history of home invasions there. Mm, well, not at that particular residence, but at with that family, yes. Huh. isn't that interesting? So very interesting. Wow, yeah, and it's interesting because you're just kind of talking. A lot of the time, you don't feel like you're really doing anything. You're sort of like yeah. chat, 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 and then they give you yeah. the confirmation. You're going, wow, you know, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No idea. But, um, yeah. And lots That's of amazing, love, Lots of love to everyone out there who is experiencing, you know, going through this and, and waiting for answers and mm. closure and, and what yep. have you. Yeah. Um, just so much love out to them and, and prayers and good wishes. To yeah. Them. Yeah. It does affect um, real people. That's um, right. And of course, you know, if you um, are feeling the effects of it, you can contact Lifeline. Mm -hmm. 13, 11, well. 14. 13, 11, 14. Yep. Um, um, there's a really, I've got a long-term client, Beck, who I actually um, got when I was doing a Sunday night on my normal night on uh, Facebook Lives. And um, she actually testified at a Royal Commission into aged care because her mom, um, they told her that she passed in a particular way. And I guess, you know, again, this is something where I guess it's not like there's no body. I guess it's not like, you know, kidnappings or anything like that. But she basically believes her mom was murdered. And um, through, I guess, medication and a few different things um, that, you know, went wrong. And so, you know, same sort of situation where she um, she ended up testifying at the Royal Commission to Aged Care. And while nothing much came out of that, that commission, um, she does feel, you know, I guess, vindicated that she got to speak and put her, you know, story forward and all of that because she's always just felt very unsettled. And she came to me, you know, asking me what I felt around that. And I basically confirmed it. I was like, I feel really sick. I've got something in my stomach that shouldn't be in there, the whole thing. And um, it's a whole situation. I mean, I meet people probably, I would say weekly at the moment. And, you know, the story with my dad, you know, going to hospital and mm -hmm. almost not coming out. Um, you know, I think he's very lucky. 
But a lot of people are coming to me lately saying, you know, my loved one went into hospital, they're meant to be there for a day and they died and I don't know what happened um, or they may have been in there longer. But basically they went in with a kind of a minor thing and then all this other stuff happened um, unexpectedly and they never came out. So that's where I come along and I sort of go in there without anything in my head and I'm just like, you know, I was saying to Beck before, you know, I felt like I'd, it was a heart mention, but I didn't feel like I had a heart attack. And I kept saying that over and over. I don't feel like I've had a heart attack, but there's something around the heart they're mentioning. And then the throat is, um, there's something going on in the throat area. I feel more drawn to the throat, to be honest, um, than the heart. And there's a bit around the stomach as well, around drugs or, you know, painkillers or something. And um, she goes, oh, you just confirmed what I thought. She said, I was told that this person had a heart attack and died and um, they didn't. I didn't think they did, and but that's what the medical staff are sort of saying. So um, that could be quite interesting for her, I guess, moving forward if she can access get access to some medical records or something um, because, yeah, she had an uh, intuitive feeling, I guess, that that wasn't the case and it wasn't true. So that was, um, you know, pretty good for me to hear because I had no idea going into that. She didn't even, like, what the situation was. I, just, I was just delivering it like I do every other reading, da-da-da. That's, you know, pretty stock standard for me. So um, I think that that one's quite uh, quite interesting. I'm interested to see if she does follow that through. Um, her intention is to do that. But, um, you know, I just think that with people sort of in a more positive sense, people who are learning Reiki, who are medical staff, you know, nursing and um, all of that, I think that, you know, it'd be great to see more people doing that, you know, just to have the medical knowledge, but also to have a bit of an intuitive feeling about things because I think that that would save a lot of lives. I mean, as I said to you last time, Beck, all the episode before, um, you know, I think three or four people died in the hospital bed right next to my dad. And this isn't palliative care. This was people coming in just for procedure. And, you yeah. know, it just doesn't make sense for them to be dying. And realistically, if that person, the nurse, maybe had some intuitive ability or had learnt Reiki or something else, um, maybe she would have gone, okay, so lesions on the spine, what about all these other symptoms? This doesn't match up you know, that should be ideally what, you know, these people are doing, but they're looking after seven, eight patients on their own. That's right. So that's where we have to kind of go, I don't know, yeah, like what have we got to change here? There's been a lot of, a lot of, you know, not great things, I guess, since COVID and we really have to reassess what's happening because those people shouldn't be going in for a procedure and dying in the hospital beds. Yeah, they're not in um, palliative care. Um so this is where we have to make some changes. But I like seeing the nurses come in and learning Reiki because I think that's a really positive move forward. Um, I did also have a plane crash, which was very interesting. And this is, again, it's a difficult one, Rebecca, because even with the um, drownings, drownings or falls or accidents, you know, sudden impact and things like that can be really difficult for us as mediums to pinpoint what that is, like what's actually happening. And I did have a guy die in a plane crash and I couldn't tell what, what happened. I was just like, everything in my body hurts. My whole entire body was in, in pain, um, but I I was aware of an impact, but that was about it. And I just felt a lot of pain. And eventually she had to tell me, look, he died in a plane crash. So they don't always show us, you know, when they first come in, they don't always show us the visual, you know, thing going on here. Um, a lot of the time it is literally just physical. That's how I operate. And um, yeah, so I was sort of aware of all this pain. And she said, yeah, it was, um, you know, plane crash. And had another guy who um, fell from work site. This is overseas. The plane crash was overseas too because he showed me over the ocean. But the um, there was a guy on a work site that actually fell off uh, scaffolding. And uh, but unfortunately, he wasn't meant to be working. He'd actually finished for the day, and he must have been chatting to the guys, mucking around or something. And then he went over and he died. And there's not going to be any kind of investigation because they basically said, well, he wasn't even meant to be there. He'd finished work, and that's it. Well, so. Well. 
When yeah. I felt into him though, when I kind of felt that, I was like, I feel like something was missing. I feel like someone left a bolt off something or the gate didn't function properly or something because I feel like I went to lean on something and I kept going Yeah. and then went over the edge. So, um, but because he wasn't actually meant to be working, the workplace is just going, oh, well, um, and it's a big building company, but they just said, oh, well, you know, can't do anything. He was meant to be working. Bad luck kind of thing. I- I feel like there still should have been some sort of investigation because it was still on a work site and I know. It wasn't wasn't supposed to be there at that time. That's where the investigation should have I know. Yeah. taken taken yep. footing from. Correct. Yeah, but she's got no answers this poor girl. So Oh my goodness. What can you do? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so did you want to do your card drawback before I get into yes, some info? I've got it. I've got it sitting here. So this is the um, Sandra Ann Taylor Energy and Spirit Oracle. And the card that I actually drew um, at the start of, of all of this uh, podcast episode was Beneath the Surface. Now, I've um, shown Michelle. It's actually so good. on <clears throat> the card. We'll, like, we'll put the picture up there. But the card itself is about hidden truths and something unknown. And it's got like the, the water there with the land around in the background and the earth and the, the, the universe sky moon behind it so this is all about emotions um and obviously your intuition and following that but it also has the iceberg at the top of the water so the tip of the iceberg at the top but then underneath it's showing you a view of the bigger picture the bigger iceberg underneath so hidden truth something unknown there um which is so bang on really quite incredible um, card for this because this is this is what it's all about cold cases forensic um, mediumship it's it's about getting you know to the bottom of it isn't it yes yes very good and and I just want to say here also that the actual um, the guide that comes with the cards is that the warning here is to listen to your intuition and be conscious of what's happening around you um, you know, and, and not to panic and become suspicious of everyone, but just taking things one step at a time and allow yourself to peacefully investigate what's going on, getting all the information that you need to make all the important decisions. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and that that's comes so back good. to what you, what you were saying before, Michelle, um, you know, about medical staff being more conscious of what's happening around them. Yes, um, a bit more and, intuitive. And not, that's right, and not just them, but, you know, even even the surgeons themselves. A lot of the time, you go in, you have a quick appointment. They're like, "Yep, yeah, book it in." Um, but there should be a lot more, I think, reflection on people's individual circumstances. Because while the the health system is that you tick these boxes and this is where you the direction you sort of it's kind of like the you know the cartoons when they have all the ants that are born and one of them's a worker. So yes. <laughs> Yes. You go in there and, and this is, you tick these boxes, so this is where you're off to and this is where you're off to. Yeah. Um, so it would be good if they did sort of a bit more research and, and 100%. time. Yeah. 100%. Um, just a couple of recommendations really quickly. Um, nothing major, but um, I was just going to sum up by saying, you know, I think it's really a good idea to um, do some sort of service, as I sort of alluded to earlier, or plant a tree or go to the beach and, you know, do some sort of ceremony, you know, I think it's important to sort of honour our loved ones in whatever way that may be, and it may not be the traditional sort of funeral graveside sense. 
Um, and if you do have something that is unresolved, um, you know, it may be worth seeing someone like Becker or myself or Lisa Williams or, you know, someone like that and um, just see what they pick up. You know, intuition's a big deal. It's a big thing. And um, it may be worthwhile, you know, if that does help you get some closure, uh, maybe worthwhile actually going out and seeking, you know, some more information about that um, from people who don't know anything about it. You know, um, otherwise, a lot of the time we're just a little bit too close to that situation. And I think, um, you know, like you're saying, hold some sort of service or plant a tree or something. There are other things you can do, like you can um, maybe create uh, an artwork, like a picture or a painting or a drawing or um, a lot of people will get sort of memorial tattoos. Yeah, that's another um, one. Those those sorts of things as well. So it doesn't have to be um, something that is traditional. Mm. It's again going into it intuitively and finding out what suits you, what what best you know adapts to you. Um, so that could even be you know having a candle, lighting a candle. Um, so many things. So many things. Wow. So, Beck, next time we um, get together, we're actually going to talk about taking back your power, which is so good and so relevant um, to what you and I were speaking about off air. So this is how that episode came up. And that's often the case with us. We sort of go along and we're like, oh, you know, let's talk about this thing. Um, so, yeah, really good episode coming up on taking back your power. And, you know, really relevant at the moment because I think that, you know, a lot of people are sort of running around sometimes thinking that things are happening to them. And it's not the case. You know, we're not victims. We're all making decisions. We're making choices every day. And I really want everyone to really feel, I guess, empowered um, in this episode. And that's why I wanted to um, talk about that. But it's uh, very relevant to, I guess, um, everything that both of us are doing at the moment. Standing in our power, being the divine feminine, you know. Uh, back in the day, it used to be, I guess, uh, a lot of gentlemen sort of running the show, you know. And it's uh, not the case, I don't think, so much anymore, you know, across the board. And on the flip side of that, even literally your power for your house. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is incredible as well. Yeah. Um, so, but we'll go into that more next next episode. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Beck. That was a great episode and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you and everyone have a wonderful week. Amazing. Amazing.